Hi, you've tuned in to the Lovely Travels podcast where we talk about all things travel and adventure. My name is Emma Lovell, also known as Lovely, and I have a mission to visit every UN-recognised country in the world while raising awareness for mental health. Join me as we revisit some of my past adventures, speak to fellow travellers and interesting locals, all while following the journey to 195 countries. I'll be joined soon by my co-pilot, Darius, in Germany. And sometimes we're even going to hit the road together. Make sure to join in the adventure by following me on Instagram, Lovely Travels. You can also join our Facebook group, Lovely Travels Community, and learn more about us at the website, lovelytravels.com. But for now, it's listening time. Travel vicariously along with us. Hello and welcome back, dear listeners. You're tuned in to the Lovely Travels podcast for another episode of Travelling Fun. That's it. That's what we're here for. Travels, adventure, and also uh, we do talk about mental health as well at the Lovely Travels podcast. It's not all fun and games. Well, well, you know, caring for your mental health and being okay, that's fun too. (laughs) That's true. Um, and for some people, uh, they can, you know, improve their mental health by moving countries. Um, such, well, and, 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 and this follows a bit of a, bit of a theme. Last week we had uh, Teresa moving from the US to Australia. And in fact, uh, we had to swap. So um, this week's guest, Kat, um, we sent from Australia to the US. Yeah, we kicked her out, sent her over there. No, not at all. She very much went at her free will. And she's now based, yeah, in uh, your favourite, Los Angeles, California, USA. My favourite? No, it's not your favourite. That was that was <laughs> ironic. Uh, <laughs> a little bit ironic, a little bit sarcastic. Um, yeah, it, but she does talk about uh, some of the great things around Los Angeles, but also uh, travels that she's had over the years, how... Um, or kind of what got her to the US and yeah, she's now married and um, actually has two houses there. So they've got a house up in the mountains and that's where we talked. Wow. She gave me a tour around her house, her Airbnb house in Big Bear, California. Oh, cool. And I was like, damn it, I want to be there in the snow and the trees. And the bears. And there's, uh, she's got a hot tub on the porch, so. Hmm. I was like, that's pretty cool. So like we do with all our guests, you're all welcome. <laughs> I mean, with but with this one, you would have to pay because she's running a business, guys. Like, don't take the piss. <laughs> yeah, guys, come on. Jeez. <laughs> she better not charge me. Freeloaders. What else do you, did you talk about on the, um, on the episode? Well, Kat is um, actually a screenwriter and works in like production and her husband also works in like film and TV. She's been on um, some shows over there as well. So yeah, she's very much, she was living in West Hollywood. So very much in that industry. So yeah, shared a little bit about that too. And is there any hot goss? Oh, there's some names dropped. There's some names dropped, but you'll have to listen if you want to know. Yeah, we're not spoilerizing it here. Yeah, no spoilers. Listen. Listen. That's right. Prepare your ears. (laughs) Yes, get the listening ears ready. And like Kat, yeah, she's a a wonderful, very engaging speaker, actor, singer, musician, 
writer, just talent up the wazoo. Up the wazoo. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into it. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast, Cat. I always start off by asking people to tell us a bit about themselves. Uh, So who are you and how do we know each other? Well, I I like to describe myself as a creative and that just encompasses a lot of things. Um, I've had a long long journey, lots of varied experiences, and I'm a a storyteller. I now help other people tell their stories and um, I create my own work as well. And we know each other from Melbourne. From Primo World, that's where we know each other from, from, from the, the dark days of uh, handing out products on street corners, right, like that I, that I never want to go back to. Yes, we met at um, J-Mac's party. I think you just got back from overseas. And you oh, were just... okay. You've got a better memory than me, but yes. But, through, but then we, we did do Primo World. as yeah. well. And we, I know J-Mac, we both know J-Mac through Promo. Um, and then... Yes, and you were playing some music uh, at the comedy festival and then I bumped That's into you right. again. Yeah. And then we had much debauchery and silliness at the international, Melbourne International Comedy Festival. We are dance floor buddies, yeah. We were. And then I lived with you. I know. I know. My beautiful old house. So that was, those were good days. I had some very, very high-quality roommates, housemates, as Australians say, yeah. Yeah, well, we, uh, I think, yeah, we would have had a bit of a turnover, but it was, it was awesome because you were at Fitzroy in Melbourne. It's such a good spot. So easy. So tell me, so yes, you lived in Melbourne at the time, but where are you from originally? I am from Perth originally, born and raised, and um, I pretty much got out of there as soon as I could uh, when I lived in London when I had just turned 17 after I finished high school. Um, and I, I did return. I went and did a, a, my arts degree there um, and then Melbourne and then on to L.A. with a lot of travels in between. Yeah, and so currently you live in Los Angeles, California. That's correct. Yeah, that's where I live, um, Highland Park on the <laughs> yeah. east side. It's very cool. So how long have you been in the States now? Um, I think it's like five and a half years now. Um, it's crazy, right? Time really does fly. Yeah, because I – Five and a half years. I had come out here sort of for a couple of months on a on a business visa, and I came back on a student visa. And then when I got married, I have, now I have a green card. So it's been a long process of just being able to be in the country and just work freely and, and do my thing. Because and it's hard, isn't it? It's hard being able to work in the US. It's hard. It's frustrating. There's a lot of wait time, um, and there's a lot of frustration. I'm, I'm obsessed with watching 90 Day Fiance because it's like the worst case scenario where immigration is like very heightened, at least for me. You know, I, I, I was legally here. I did everything um, right. Um, but, yeah, it still took a really long time after I got married to actually get a green card. And then because it took longer than we'd expected, there was a period of time where I didn't have any ability to work or anything. So I was just sitting around being like, I'm just literally waiting for a paper and then my life can start. Yeah. Oh my God. It's tough. It's, um, I've got a few friends who live over there. You've met a couple of them and mm-hmm. yeah, the visa job debacle is ongoing and <laughs> constant. It seems like a chicken in the egg. You have the visa, you can't get a job, have the job, then you 
you can't do your visa. I don't know. They well, just... yeah, I mean, and then and then my even my husband, I was like, and then I have to, re- I have to, like, we have to go. He has to go in and be like, yes, we're still married. Yes, I, I'm still involved in this. Like, I, I, it's not just forever. I have to go in after two years, and then I think again after five years, and then I can get a ten years. And it's like it can be taken away from me at any time if I leave the country um, for a year or even like. A, a large part of the year they can take my green card so you know it's it's you're in a precarious situation for life unless you become a citizen and then there's all kinds of other implications to that super fun yeah <laughs> you like living on the edge don't you <laughs> yeah I'm just like i love paperwork that's what it is right <laughs> mostly being an immigrant is just paperwork well you do have a writing background so you're quite that's good right. at that you're already organized <laughs> Attention to detail. I think, I think I think employers sometimes do like immigrants because they're like, "Wow, you managed to stay in this country legally, so you you know how to you know how to work the system." <laughs> and you're committed, you know, yeah. like you. Once you're there, you're not going anywhere. So if they give you a job, you know, and you're you don't take any that, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And so currently, we're talking. You are in Big Bear. Tell us yeah. about Big Bear. So Big Bear is a uh, Four Seasons resort. It's two hours out of um, LA. And it's uh, currently the number one Airbnb destination in America. Uh, and it's just a beautiful little town with gorgeous little cabins. And it snowed two weeks ago, had six inches of snow, and the ski resorts are open. It's quaint. It's beautiful. The air's fresh. The fire danger is always high. So it's like you're li- it's another place where you're living on the edge because yeah. um, we, had a, we had a bad fire season again this year. September was bad. Um but yeah, it's just it's ever people are coming from everywhere because I because our cabin I manage it as a short term rental and I interact with all the guests. I know where they're coming from and they're coming from from San Diego, from LA, from Vegas, from Santa Barbara. Like people come come from all over because it's just such a great place. Yeah, that's awesome. I can't believe it's so close. I mean, I can I know I've seen Big Bear from LA, but I yeah. didn't realize it was quite so near to get to the mountains. Well, it's two hours from my house on the east side. So if you lived in Santa Monica, it might be three hours. And if there's traffic, it can be longer. So because once you're on the road, you're on the road. There's no, you can't, there's no other way. There's no shortcut or anything. So that's one of the reasons people have been complaining because in in the high tourist season, it's back-to-back traffic and you're you're not moving for an hour. So um, it can, it can take a lot longer than, than two hours. Yeah. And so, and there's a few other like mountains around there. Like, how close are they that, um, well, like Park City and, and Mammoth and stuff? Yeah. Utah, Park City, Utah, and then Mammoth and, uh, and, um, Lake Tahoe. You know, they're skiing up there. They're all a lot further away. They're much, I mean, if you're a really keen skier, you would probably rather go to Ta- Tahoe, Mammoth, Park City. Like, you definitely, th- this is not the most sophisticated place to go skiing or snowboarding, but it's, the closest place you can go for a weekend because mammoth you're driving eight hours like it's not it's not close yeah okay um, yeah that's why I was yeah. like, i'm so surprised it's it's so close because i think of i've been to tahoe i haven't been to mammoth but um yeah that was i think we did seven or eight hours drive from cal like from la i might even yeah. see you that time yeah maybe Oh, yeah, probably. Oh, because, okay, there's a fun story there where I ran a pet sitting business and you took care of my friend's dogs in right. um, in San Gabriel in Los yes. Angeles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is very cool. <laughs> I'm always so fun having all the connections. And then I guess I got my friends in Laguna, so we caught up there, which is lovely. So 
been very nice to be able to see you there. Now yes. tell me, um, I once saw you do a really cool performance uh, in Melbourne because you're a performer. You sing, yes. you act, you write. Mm-hmm. Um, you were doing. You did this like um, it was about a time when you were in Jordan, and you were telling this story. And so, what were you living in Jordan? What were you doing? Yeah. So, so the situation was um, in. I, I had a I had a boyfriend who I sort of it was like he was sort of part of my extended friendship group, but we kind of it was the summer fling that never ended, and then he was in East Timor because he was in the army, so we were long distance, and then suddenly we moved in together, and we were living together in Melbourne, um, and then he was sent to Jordan to study um, Persian, which is one of the stupidest things I've ever heard because <laughs> nobody speaks Persian in Jordan. Jo- the Jordanians and the Persians don't really get along. They don't think they even have embassies in each other's countries. Like it's a diplomatically complicated situation. Um, but the Australian army were like, cool, cool, go to Jordan. And um, I didn't have anything better to do with my life. So I was like, I'll, I'll come. Um, so I was in Jordan. It was, a, it was a period of like five or six months where I went to Jordan and um, I had gotten very organized. That's, that's my thing. I was like, travel, I'm going to go to uh, Syria, I'm going to go to Lebanon, I'm going to go to Israel, I'm going to go to Egypt, so Turkey. So I went and got, I had gotten all my visas in advance. And um, because my ex was there to do language training, obviously he couldn't really be off globe trotting. And also, he had a diplomatic passport, and a diplomatic passport only allows you to travel for specific diplomatic purposes so yes he wasn't able to just be like cool let's go to Syria for a weekend so I did a lot of travel by myself um which I loved doing and um, I loved being in the Middle East it's such a it's such an eye-opening experience because it's one of those cultures I mean there are many cultures in the Middle East I don't want to say that it's one culture but it's it's it is easy to, to have stereotypes or preconceived ideas and think certain um western feminist things about certain countries and then when you go there the experience of it is quite quite different and it's very nuanced and it's it's really a wonderful thing to experience and so did you actually get to syria in the end i did yeah i went to i mean you just i got a hail a taxi on the side of the road and they take you to the border and then you hop out and then you get another taxi and they take you to the center of town it costs about like five dollars um at the time that's what it was and um I mean, I loved Damascus. I loved it. Beautiful city. I loved Aleppo. I loved traveling. I had, um, I, I just had hired a driver to drive me around to the castles in northern Syria, and he was like tr- trying to teach me how to speak um, Arabic. Um, so it was fun. It was really great. I mean, I didn't know anything about that part of the world, so it was kind of a fun experience because it wasn't like Europe, which I, I had, was familiar with, or things where it's like there's a cultural understanding of, oh, Paris is the Eiffel Tower, and there's Versailles and you kind of it's hard to get through your life not knowing what the big landmarks are in European cities um but I was like there are castles in Syria I didn't know that like there's just a lot of stuff I wasn't aware of and and all the ancient ruins and things like that beautiful and it's such a shame because um yeah people didn't know much about Syria before we've heard all about it because of the war that's now been going on for seven eight years now um and it was yeah, Damascus and Aleppo, beautiful cities, and and like kind of real hot spots for people to go and visit around that oh, area. Like, yeah, really, really big tourism industry, and 
um, cultural sites, very important things to learn about, and a lot of them have um, maybe not survived uh, the turmoil, so it's very sad. Yeah, super sad. Yeah, I just, uh, that really stood out in my memory, the way you told the story and being in, in, in Jordan and, um, you know, you had a, we won't go into it, but I think you had a kind of a borderline unpleasant experience, which I later had, which was kind of, I reached out to you because I was like, hey, I've been, you know, and it's just being a woman, it would, could have happened anywhere. It's just being a woman, traveling, feeling uncomfortable, whether you were actually in real or, you know, perceived danger, it's uncomfortable. And we don't stop traveling on our own, but it's like, oh, I got to think about that, you know. But it's a wake-up call when you realize that um, preconceived ideas about culture do go both ways. And, and like, I remember going to Egypt and looking around and the only time I ever saw um, white women who were not tourists was um like rap videos that were like would play in restaurants and i was like wow the only only time you're seeing women that look like me is when they're like on their hands and knees twerking so i can understand why you're trying to buy me from my father for a bunch of camels like i it's (laughs) you know it, it it starts to make sense to you when you when you really open your eyes and look around and and understand why people might think certain things and then people are always open like like that when i when i when i thought i was you know in a possibly dangerous situation i just had a conversation with the guy and it seemed to de-escalate it and it was like i think he just thought that that was an appropriate proposition um and it, i don't think he was ever going to be violent towards me and i was it, it was a very red flaggy situation but maybe it was just a misunderstanding i don't know it's very easy to point fingers and say, oh, you should never have got in the car, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, there's times where you you just have to, when you're traveling as well, you have to read the room and you have to take and you have to be in the situation. And once you're in the situation, you have to just get out as best you can, <laughs> you know. And, and, and the whole and point of traveling is to have other experiences and to be open to other people's cultures and ways of doing things. And um, I think it does teach you a really um, – it teaches you really interesting lessons of how to read people and situations. Um, yeah, and no, know the right thing to say at the right time, which I think is a skill uh, that not a, not a lot of people have. I think people don't always understand that there's a complex system of personalities and cultures always going on, no matter where you are or who you're talking to. Like, I actually think it's useful for me in my life now and my job where it's like sometimes I deal with celebrities, sometimes I deal with um 30-year-old writers who think that they shouldn't be getting notes from someone they think is basically their age and it's like, you know, and then sometimes your boss is treating you like a friend but you also have to understand that you are there to support them, not to just like be the thing that they vent to. So it's um, I'm, I'm a big advocate for, for, for travelling and travelling by yourself, especially when you're young and you're able to um, compute those experiences and, and, and turn them into like a personality trait. Well, and, you know, I think what you're saying is so true about like when I go to India and I didn't, you know, I didn't think about it. They like the way they treat the Indian women to the way they treat me, the way the things that I'm allowed to do, you know, if I'm at a function or whatever, you know, I'm drinking with the men, I'm partying with the men, the other women, you know, would never drink in front of their father-in-law or drink in front of their, you know, family or whatever. Like there's a very, in front of these people, we do this in front of that 
we do that. And I sometimes went in with my very open, welcoming Australian, you know, we're pretty like laid back and, you know, everybody's, everyone's cool. But, you know, there's different situations where that's not really appropriate, you know, and being very warm and open and friendly, um, maybe I needed to be a bit more, I don't know. Yeah, what are the consequences of you acting in a certain way and how is that going to be perceived by someone who hasn't got the same upbringing or cultural background as you? Yeah, and, you know, there is a part of me that is like I should be able to be who I am wherever I am and do what I want, but that's not always that's not the case. There are consequences to that. That's just it. It's like that there are... There are consequences. And that's being, you know, that's naive and being young and, and learning over time and um, learning, reading reading the room, read the room. That's always my, my thing. Read the room, get a sense, yeah. understand, ask questions, learn, um, and, and yeah, be, be open to it. But that's very, very good point. Very good point, my friend. So you have traveled to a lot of places. So what is your favorite country? I know it's hard. Um, God, it is really hard. It is really hard. My favorite country. I mean, Syria just has such a special place in my heart because, uh, I just found people to be so incredibly welcoming and I was so blown away by the diverse things that you could see there. Um, and the great food and just, I actually found it a very easy place to get around. Um, now I think I was maybe just a little bit closed off to certain things and not noticing where I may have been in danger in some, 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 you know, times. But, you know, I traveled by bus. I traveled, I hitchhiked the taxis and all kinds. I got a personal driver. It was, um, I'd say the reason I, I enjoyed Syria so much was it surprised me. It was, um, I was able to really connect with people. Um, and yeah, it was just, they were just really, really, a really beautiful place to be. Oh, that's awesome. I really would love to get there. And there's some travelers I know who, you know, just last year went. So it's it's open again and people can go. I think there's a lot of fear and concern, but, you know, how beautiful to be able to start giving back to those people and, yeah. I, I, I really wanted to go to Iraq when I was there. I was like, God, I want to go to Iraq. There was, like, these beautiful areas that I wanted to go to. Uh, nothing nothing was scaring me and my boyfriend at the time was like, no, it's dangerous. And like, wasn't was, Nothing was good. And then I read one, like, Lonely Planet review where they were like, it's actually really difficult to get food and even if you get it, it might not be cooked. So be prepared to eat raw eggs. And then I was like, okay, I, I will draw the line there. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe Baghdad is not a place I want to go for tourism. <laughs> okay, yeah, maybe not now, just not right now. Yeah. Um, okay, and then, you know, and I always preface this with a, it's not because it's a bad country, it's not because, you know, any necessarily ill will towards it, but maybe what was your least favourite country or the country where you had the least favourite experience? And I, I hate to say this because it was the country I was most looking forward to going to, but I think I had the most overwhelmingly negative response in Egypt um, I think because it has such, I mean, it has such a huge tourism industry that it's very well set up for tourists, but it also means that the locals have a certain, um, attitude towards Westerners. Um, and I, it was, you know, it was like very busy and scary. And I, I had, that was one, I had one situation where I had a, I, he must have been like 14 years old, but this kid like came up in my face in the street and like said something really obscene to me in English. And it was, 
it was so confronting that I think it, it really colored my experience. Oh, there was a lot of stuff actually. People hissed at men hissed at me. I also had some really great experiences in Egypt. I, um, I spent like 20 minutes getting my photo taken with a bunch of Egyptian schoolgirls. They treated me, I don't know why they just thought it like they treated me like a celebrity and it was really wonderful. And, uh, <laughs> it's fun. It stroked yeah. my ego, but it was, it, it brought joy to them. It brought joy to them to like have, have someone from a different country, like interact with them on a personal level. Cause Egypt is funny where it's just a lot of it is, especially French tourists or European tourists where they, they get on the bus, they get off the bus, they get on the bus, they get off the bus, they get on the bus, they get off the bus. So I think there's a very like tourists local there's a big divide and people are like picking and choosing which parts of the country they want to see so I wouldn't say um, I wouldn't say that I didn't like it but I had unexpected um, negative response to it I'd love to go back to Alexandria that I, I liked some of the quieter places but Cairo was um, a little scary and I think it's hard with places like that. I mean, it has it has these wonders of the world, you know, and even they've you know they do that sort of what you see in pictures versus reality. Like when you're looking at the pyramids from Cairo, like it's like they look like little dots, and you can see all yeah. this kind of this city, this bustling city, and and kind of a little bit polluted and and stuff. And then oh yeah, the pyramids are over there. Whereas you've always we've always seen sand and then the pyramids and then blue skies type thing you know so that's what you think you're going to see but there's a lot bef- before you get to see maybe that and you might not even see that view so and I, I really want to go I haven't been and I've been saving it I saved Italy as well so um you know I know that there's that it's trying to like it's hard to measure or kind of um Lower your expectations. I, I thought I had to say in Paris. I went in very neutral in Paris because everyone's like, I want to go to Paris. I want to go to Paris. And I'm like, why do you want to go to Paris? It's like, because it's Paris. I'm like, you don't even know what Paris is. <laughs> like, and then I, think, I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I think it's good when you're going to somewhere that's like overhyped or you have a lot of expectations to pick something um, like random off the beaten track that you wouldn't normally have done. Like I, I organized when I went to Egypt, I, I went with my parents and um, we, we, part of our, part of the tour, we, we went on like a, a small group bus tour um, and part of it, we traveled by ourselves. And um, I organized for us to stay in a monastery and to climb. Um, uh, it's Jebel Musa. I forget what it's called in English. It's very pretentious, but um <laughs> It's like a mountain, but we climbed a we climbed a like a religious mountain at sunrise, and that was an experience where um, I didn't know it beforehand. But when I was googling things to do, I was like, "Yes, let's go and stay at St Catherine's Monastery, and we'll go climb a mountain." And um, my parents were very into that, so it was good. Yeah, that's that's a great tip to pick something that's you know do the thing. You got to do the thing. You're not going to go to you know Egypt and not see the parent. Well, some people might, but. The people yeah. do, yeah, especially um, my family, bless them, um, English tourists. They go, they're like, I went to Egypt. And it's like, no, no, you went to a resort. Yeah, I was going to say, they go to like the hub or something like you that. You know, or, South and just like, yeah. oh, yes, I've been to Mexico. I'm like, no, 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 you've been to the hotel aisle of Cancun. Like, yeah. You have seen this much culture. (laughs) I'm making a big fat zero for all the listeners. (laughs) You know, it's like, yes, you're in that place and all that, but I'm like, I just always would, yes, try and experience something of the country um, outside of, you know, even though, yes, those famous things are in that country, they have been really tailored to tourists over time. So, yeah, it's, that helps the experience. 
Well, now I know it's hard because we can't really do anything at the moment, but um, if you could go anywhere, where would you go? Where do you want to go next? Where haven't you been that you would want to go? I haven't been to Japan and I would like to go to Japan. That's cool. Yeah. But then, but then I'm overwhelmed with Japan. There's just so much there and I don't know, you know, okay, yes, you probably fly into Tokyo, um, but would I try to go skiing or would I try to go in cherry blossom season or would I go to a little remote island or the place where all the cats are? I don't know. Like, like there's, there's just a lot of stuff that, um, that knowing you, you would definitely have to go to the cat cafe. <laughs> I, I would like to do that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I, I always need a way in with, um, you know, with, with traveling. I like to, I like to be a little restricted, you know, where it's like, Oh, I'm going to go, I have to go in this, these dates or, I need to be at this place for this conference or whatever. And I build it around that or something like that. So um, anyway, Japan would be a great place to go next. Yeah, that's interesting. I always like, even though I'm, I travel a lot and people probably look at me the same way, but I look at people at the airport because I'm always traveling for a reason and there's a purpose and there's something, there's some reason I'm going. But Mm. what baffles me are the people who pick a holiday. Like, you know, like I want to go to Japan. And I'm going to plan yeah. a holiday. And I'm like, how did you choose that? Well, why did you choose that? And how did you plan your trip? And it just fascinates me because I've always had a purpose. Even we went mm. to Mongolia. We went there because my husband was watching a show set in Mongolia and he came to me and said, I want to meet an eagle hunting family. I want to go to the giant equestrian statue and I want to hear throat singing. And I was like, then we shall go yeah. to Mongolia. <laughs> you know, like, we had a purpose. Yeah. but Yeah. I mean, essentially it was a holiday, but I don't know. I just look at people at the airport. I'm like, where are you going and why? And how did you decide that? And just like, it just, it's, (laughs) it's such a fascinating thing to me. Yeah. Um, now you had a pretty cool wedding. I did. Got married in Hawaii. In Hawaii. Yes. United States, which I, I just, to me, like I struggle with those places. I'm like, Come on, Hawaii should be, you know, I'm sure I'm getting political here. I feel like it should be its own country. Hong Kong, it feels like its own culture. Like, I mean, it could, I mean, uh, Hong Kong is all, all kinds of co- controversial, but yes, Hawaii probably couldn't couldn't sustain itself as its own country. I mean, it kind of needs a needs needs the daddy of USA to like give it some money cuz it doesn't really have enough to sustain. I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about the economics of it, but yes, it would be would be lovely if Hawaii could govern itself. And so where did you get married in Hawaii? I got married um, on Oahu on the North Shore um, at a resort, Turtle Bay. Um, I just wanted the easiest possible wedding where um, it wasn't too far from my family to come. I'd also had to be in the United States because I couldn't leave the country, otherwise I wouldn't have been able to get back in. Um, (laughs) So, so yeah, (laughs) some restrictions there. And it was funny, when I got engaged, I messaged my sisters and I was like, I'm engaged, we're going to get married, and I'm thinking about maybe getting married in Hawaii. And this is what's great about having three sisters. They instantly were like, okay, well, these are the dates I can do. These are the dates I can do. This resort looks good. This resort, how about this resort? And then like within like probably within a day, it was like, well, I guess I'm getting married at Turtle Bay and 9-9-18 sounds kind of cool. So, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> Sunday weddings are cheaper. That's why. <laughs> but 9-9-18 also sounds cool. So that's, um, you know. Well, you know my friend reason. who you met in Laguna, mm-hmm. well, they got married 10-10-20. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And they were meant to get married in Slovakia and then obviously this year happened and so they ended up getting Mm. married in Palm Springs and they got to do their date. So the date had to be moved and everything and then it was like they actually got their date and it was like, Great. That's nice. 9918, I love that. Well, it's easy to remember. I hope 
you both remember. Oh, yeah, we remember. remember. <laughs> okay. And was that a nice – did you get many guests from um, – We had about, I want to say 30, and that actually sounds like a lot. Maybe it was less. No, I think it was about 30 people, um, uh, and it was great because it was like, you know, a small a small array of friends from both of us, a small array, small array of family from me, even smaller from my husband because they're um, – I mean, New Jersey's not that far away, but it was just, you know, a little bit more of a um, – a barrier for them to come which you know wasn't 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 horrible like a small wedding is great every single person really could speak to every single other person um and we were it was just relaxed and there was no like um oh this person can't sit next to this person or uncle jim this or whatever it was like you know um it was it was just a nice a nice experience where there was the, yeah, the bar it was an open bar and it was like yeah great right, whatever you want we're just, love just it. gonna get married on the beach and that's it well I'm bummed I couldn't be there I was I did try and wrangle it but um you know me being me I had plans up to the one you, you were traveling somewhere else I think you? I was that's yeah. that's the weirdest thing for me this year is like yeah. and it's been nice because I had a, a thought last year it was around that it's like I just wish when somebody invites me to their wedding I could just be like Sure, I'll pop over. And I've had a few people being, I think people know the nature of me as well, that they're like, hey, my wedding's in a month. Do you want to just come? And I I could possibly do it, but uh, not this year. But but generally I have so much booked up. I know my year in advance. And so this, I did actually think I would love to do one, be one of those people at the airport going, I'm going to go on a holiday or there's a a five-day deal to Thailand. Let's let's go. But I generally can't. Whereas this year, although we can't go as far, we have been able to do those little, hey, let's go for a weekend. Let's, you know, yeah. oh, there's a riding retreat in Mission Beach. I'm going to go, you know, and just book it. And that that um, has been, for me, a positive of this year, being able to be a little bit within realms, spontaneous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Local tourism is a lot to be said for it. Yeah. And so have you done any other exploring? Have you done much exploring of California? Um, yes. Well, I was just reminiscing, uh, the other day, actually about a year ago, we did a, um, before we became homeowners, we, we did our, our last freedom trip. Well, we, we still travel, but we, um, so we went to, um, I wanted to take Joe to Hearst Castle. Have you ever been there? No. So Rudolph, oh God, I'm going to say it wrong. Randolph Hearst. God. I'm sorry, I'm just totally blanking. But anyway, he was a media magnate. He was like the Rupert Murdoch of the 1920s. Oh. I'm probably getting this one. Don't fact check me. But he was, uh, he basically had, a, he was like a, um, uh, a, he owned a newspaper. He um, just basically just like made a little paradise up in the hills um, off the coast of, I want to say central California, but that might not actually be, be where it is. It's, um, it's like you go a little further north from, um, Cambria. I don't know where it is. Anyway, it's like it's like seven or eight hours away from LA. Yeah. Google it, guys. Um, Google it. Google it. Hearst <laughs> Castle, and you, and you can. It's like a. I think his children didn't want to have anything to do with it, and they were just like handed it over. So it's like a public place that you can go and visit. You get a That's little cool. Bumpy little bus ride, but um, it's these in- insanely opulent surroundings and gold-plated swimming pools, and um, half a monastery from 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 France has been. Um, uh, taken and the tra- like lots of stuff that would be illegal right now. You, you can't just take artifacts from countries, but um, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a mind blowing experience and it's a wonderful thing to do. And I really wanted to take my husband there. So we went there and um, that was like the starting point. And then I was like, okay, we also want to see some big trees. 
So we um, we went to go to the Sequoia Forest. Mm. So we went and stayed in like a little remote cabin there. But we drove through Paso Robles. Mm. We must have stayed in Paso Robles. And we did wine tasting, picked up some cheese, all that kind of stuff. Um, fun fun things. So that was a great a great little local tour. And um, we've been to Palm Springs a couple of times. That's that's just one of those things where you're like, oh, let's see what kind of a deal we can get. Just go Palm Springs, like drive through Joshua Tree or something. It's like fun. Yeah, and it's pretty like, I mean, California is extremely diverse. Like that's quite deserty around Joshua Tree and Palm Springs and then um, Paso Robles. I went to a wedding there. It's very ranchy, very like yeah. country and, and wine country. And Napa Valley, and then you've got, like you said, the big, like, you've got Yosemite there as well is where mm-hmm. the, the big sequoias are and where you are right now. You've got, big, I guess, they're pine trees and stuff, big forest. I, I don't know. They're trees. They're beautiful. I don't know. I'm, I'm so really bad with trees. <laughs> I can name, like, logos and brands, but I can't name a tree. Um no. And then, yeah, and then you've got, like, Tahoe, like, they're just – and then the beaches, obviously, and the coastal drive. It's a California's – Oh, Santa Barbara. Day. I love Santa Barbara. Beautiful. Yeah, Ventura. Love it. Carpinteria. Yeah. It's a it's a big state as well, isn't it? It's, like, long. Yeah, it's huge. I so, mean, we always want to go to – like, go all the way to San Francisco, but it's, like, wow, it's, like, an effort. It's a long way to go and to drive and stuff. So we, we need a little bit – Mm, yeah, it just depends which route you take and if you stop on the way. I just don't know that I'd want to do it in one day. Um, and then you've got to think, oh, are you going to go all the way to Santa Cruz? Are you going to stop halfway? Are you going to go in the center of San Luis Obispo? I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. That's cool. Um, and so, oh, God, I had a good question, but now I've forgotten. Yeah, so if people are coming to – LA um because a lot of people have kind of a funny um my co-host included doesn't a lot of people don't love LA so what would you recommend what are some highlights some good places to go if people want to not do the whole Hollywood Disney really I think it really depends on who the person is um I had family come to LA and they were like oh we're stopping off there maybe it was on the way to our wedding I can't I think it must have been that's a weird way to go. They were coming from London. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, so there, I just, there's some things where I think they're touristy for a reason. They're popular because they're good. I tell people go to the Griffith Park Observatory, go walk up. It's like million, millions of people there, but it's stunning. Go and do that. Um, go to the, the Chinese theater, go to Hollywood Boulevard. Like you don't have to spend all day there, but just see it and experience yeah. it and know what it's like. Um, I like the La Brea Tar Pits as well. I think that's kind of like a fun, a fun thing. Uh, Miracle Mile, like I, I get excited by Miracle Mile. I don't know why. It's kind of just a, a, just an area that I like. And the La Brea Tar Pits are right there and LACMA's there. Um, but, and then Santa Monica Pier is kind of interesting. It just depends on how long someone has for a time because if they had a little more time, I would say we'll go all the way um, up the Pacific Coast Highway and go to um, go to the Getty Villa. Getty Centre is fine. I like the Getty, the Getty Centre. There's a lot of art. It's very nice. But the Getty Villa is, like, you know, stunning. You don't even have to care about the art. You just go there. It's a nice experience. You can see the ocean. Um, go to Malibu on the way back. That's nice. Yeah, it really depends on, like, who they are, what they like. LA really does have something for everyone, and I think it's just about finding it. And if all you're doing is, like, going and staying in, a, like, a shit motel somewhere, yeah, you're going to hate LA. If you're, like, going to Anaheim and, like, staying there and going to Disneyland, you'll be like, what a cesspool. Um, but, yeah, it really depends on who you are and what you like. But there's something here for everyone. 
Uh, and look, I've been blessed in that I stay with people. And so I have got to see some of those local areas. I mean, even, um, I think it's, is it old ocean Grove? No, there's like, um, it's near Melrose and there's like, um, I'm probably saying it wrong. It was just like this eatery area that my cousin took me to. And it was just nice. The Grove. Just the Grove. The Grove. The Grove. Yeah. yeah the Farmer's Market at the Grove. Great example. Very touristy. You know, you might see celebrities there. The, the, I mean, I'm going to miss it this year, but the Grove at Christmas time, it's, it's lovely. It's so tacky. There's a Santa Claus flying and they have fake snow. It's wonderful. I love it. But it was cool. And it's like we were in America. Like I was like, I want to see that stuff. I don't know. We went for a nice lunch. Like it was cool. Um, then I went to, I think it's the Arbolis or something, the tree. It's the Arboretum. Gardens. The, yeah. The, oh, uh, the, that one, the Arboretum is one, but um, the, the Huntington Gardens maybe you went to? No, it was super close to San Gabriel. So I think. Yeah, the, the Arboretum. Yeah, the Arboretum. But the yeah. Huntington Gardens, I went there on New Year's Day this year. Oh, definitely recommend beautiful yeah there's like these natural beautiful places as well as that downtown but you know I stayed with my friend in Hollywood uh another friend down down in Hollywood and we went you know we had I think it was um the Super Bowl was on so we had like a Super Bowl party so that was like a tick uh you know just walking down to go to a bar and you're like you're walking past the Hollywood stars I'm like this is crazy and then like we went for brunch bottomless mimosas and bottomless bloody marys on Sunset Boulevard they're like oh this is where Jason what's his face from um how I met your mother always hangs out and it's just but it's just like oh my god this is where pretty women was filmed like it's just fun and it's like get involved LA is a city where you know in normal circumstances the people who live here are actually engaging in all the touristy stuff like people who actually live here go and hike Runyon they go and hike the observatory um go to Sugarfish see if you see a Kardashian we 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 had sushi next to um one of them I forget which one but you know (laughs) my husband was like I I know that one I'm like okay enough of your obsession with the Kardashians (laughs) <laughs> and I also like where my friends live Laguna that is very pretty it's that beach also, scene oh no. I just the OC if you know people of our generation like you know and we met there we caught up there I was just like oh my god the song is just playing California I mean another place I really like to go which is like it's almost takes as long as to get into Big Bear but um uh Balboa Island Balboa Island is like it's just such a bizarre area you know it's so so and I went because I I listened to the podcast Dirty John and then I watched the TV series and it's set there and it's shot there and I was like I want to go I want to go and see where Dirty John was you know like who is this woman who got swept up in this situation I want to see where she lives and then you go there and you're like yeah I can see how you paid ninety thousand dollars for upfront for four months or so it was like you know you understand the context of it yeah oh my god that's okay that's going on my list now and then catalina if you have more time catalina island which is actually a real island that you have to take a big ferry to that's beautiful too also very nice well i always think of the catalina because it's the um it was in catalina wine mixer yeah it's in the the step brothers yeah yes with um will ferrell and and john um what's his name john c riley john c riley yes (laughs) the catalina wine mixer so and then my friend who lives in laguna jen she said it because of this time when people weren't traveling they've lived there all this time and she said for the first time you could see catalina oh wow this usually such a hot um you know it is known that la has some pollution she said it was so clear in that time in, in April, May, you know, that she's, you could see that we've never seen these views before. And that was something really cool um, and beautiful to be like, oh, we can have this different view of our city 
um, take the pros, you know, take the pros. Yeah. Yeah. All right, one travel tip. I think you gave us a great one before, but give us one travel tip. Um, what was my travel tip before? It was like mix up, mix up going to see the obvious things with something a bit off the beach. Oh, you too. That was that was a good one. And then the just being like uh, open to and understanding the the culture. Yes. It's sort of that you're understanding. Yeah, have cultural yeah. stuff too. Or pre yeah. Um, what what other travel travel tips would I have? <laughs> I mean, I, I would say. Do do a lot of research, but don't don't force yourself to a certain schedule, because like for example, I, I was in um, uh, where was I? I was in uh, Amsterdam earlier this year, and I I had done enough research where I knew everything that I wanted to see. But of course, there's going to be weather. There's going to be this. Then something's closed on a Sunday, which you forgot about, or something like that. So if you have done all your research and you know where things are. You can you can realize oh I'm hungry and we're in this certain area that there's a certain you know um, chocolate shop or something you know it's really good to have a really good overview but not schedule yourself within an inch of your life because you know things go wrong things can change be flexible well and being like oh yeah I'm going and I'm doing these these you know like I've had the, in Europe I think it's Mondays is really weird sometimes museums close like random yeah. days which is fair and you know things like Amsterdam the Anne Frank House is very limited um, tickets and they go on sale at a certain time and I had fucked up and I didn't buy the tickets in, in advance enough but then and I was seeing that they weren't they weren't available but then the lady at the front desk gets on locals advice she was like oh no no just hit refresh enough times and you'll, you'll be able to get one so and it is true because they release them on the day or something so we got to go there and um, that's a trippy experience going to Anne Frank's house. Oh yeah, that's spectacular. But yeah. you know, like that's a great tip because you just some people get themselves so heart set on I'm going to Amsterdam, I'm going to do X, Y, Z, and I'm going to do it on these days at this time. And then it, when your plan doesn't go to you know to plan, <laughs> you're yeah. like ah, it's all ruined, and I don't know what to do. And then you know you have this it's it's a very unpleasant experience. When sometimes actually when your plans change, it can be end up being a wonderful experience, and you can explore something that you might not have got the chance to do. And I hate when I go places, people go, did you do this? Did you do that? And you're like, no, but I did this and this and this, and I really enjoyed it. And like, oh, you must do this. And I'm like, but I didn't. So well, I did yeah. what I did and I liked it. And the other thing I would say is, you know, social media can be a blessing and a curse, but um, if you let if you let your networks know where you are and when you're there, someone might jump in and give you a suggestion. I had someone um, when I was in Paris so you must go to this 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 um, fondue restaurant, Pain Van Fromage, which I had never heard of, but it is, I think, kind of famous. And, um, you know, it's someone that I was in a play with like 15 years ago or something that, you know, we sometimes interact with each other's um, Instagram, but we're, you know, it's not, it's not a close friend that I'm in touch with all the time. But the minute she sent me that, I was like, if she's reached out, I feel like she means it. So I booked that restaurant. You know, it's this kind of restaurant that books up days in advance. LA, we're not used to booking restaurants because everything's kind of walk up. Um, and it, it really was incredible. And it, it was it would be an absolute COVID nightmare because it's basically a basement full of people just eating, <laughs> eating, 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 eating cheese. <laughs> so, oh. I mean, yeah. So it was great. Really enjoyed that. Sounds and then from Paris. Great Paris. Yeah. I love it. And that's the great place to end the podcast on, just a face full of cheese. <laughs> yes, that was a lovely conversation. Nice to bring this. Thank you for coming on. Pleasure.
Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Um, already looking forward to the next one. Uh, we also have a rather extensive back catalogue for you to check out. Um, but in the meantime, you can uh, follow us on Instagram. That's at Lovely Travels on Instagram. Or you can come and check us out on Facebook, Lovely Travels. That's L-O-V-E-L-L-Y. Or we would love for you to join our Facebook community uh, with more than 500 members talking all things travel and adventure. That's the Lovely Travels community. You can also visit our website, which is lovelytravels.com. Or shoot us an email. We love hearing from our listeners. So please send us an email, feedback, comments, questions, whatever. Info at lovelytravels.com. And you can listen, review, subscribe, like, share, and promote our podcast in any shape, way, or form. Uh, We are on Spotify, iTunes, the internet, uh, Google Podcasts, everywhere where you get podcasts, you will find us. All good podcasting locations. So tune in next time, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you then. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.